Open your Bibles to Psalms chapter 40. Psalms the 40th chapter. And I do want to say happy birthday to my friend, Pastor Bruce. We love you so much. You are one of the greatest youth pastors in America. Would you give him a hand right now? It's his birthday. Once again, open your Bibles to Psalms chapter 40. I'm going to share a message tonight called Buried Alive and Waiting to be Rescued. I don't know about you, but I have went through seasons in my life where I could not feel God. I've gone through seasons where I've stood on stages in front of thousands, got back to my hotel room and said, where were you? And this last week, we saw a miracle take place. And I'll get into that in just a moment. But have you ever felt that you've gone so far, so deep into something there simply is no way to get free? It's the place of despair. I saw it on the streets of San Francisco a couple weeks ago during a festival that they had. It's the most vulgar, vile festival. I'm standing in the W Hotel downtown, a very ritzy hotel, waiting on my ride to pick me up to speak at a church. And people are walking naked through the lobby. And when I would look at them, and I was quite disgusted... They've been running through the streets. I saw firemen on fire engines, completely nude. It's just perversion, run rampant. And, and God's not done with San Francisco. I believe he's going to win this city. It's real easy to dismiss what we don't like and say God is going to let them fall into the ocean. Let me tell you something. God loves those people too. And I have a heart for that city. I believe God's going to pour out his spirit in Phoenix, which is being watched by the world because a governor decided to obey the Constitution. Are you with me? But I'll never forget, I was getting off the elevator and I looked at one man that was standing across from me and he obviously could tell because I provoke people. Uh, <laughs> I just provoke people. The spirit of God inside of you should invade darkness. You ought to cause demons to dive out windows. You are a space invader. Are you getting this so far? When you walk in the room, it should change the very atmosphere. If it does not, if you walk into the break room at work and people don't quit telling a dirty joke or they don't quit talking trash, you have lost your influence. Because you are a temple and not a shack. Take the for sale sign down. He lives inside of you. He inhabits you. So when you walk in a room, and I was getting off the elevator, this man that was dressed in leather, parts of his body were not covered. He was vulgar, big, huge guy, turns and looks at me as he stands at the counter there at this beautiful uh, hotel, the nicest hotel in, in the city. And he turns to look at me. And I saw, he looked at me and I saw despair. Have you ever seen despair? Have you ever been at that place where you think it's going to be impossible to get free? Look at Psalms chapter 40, looking at verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me, he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. I love that. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see and fear and put their trust in God. I love the last line right there because it says, If you get free, you will change others. If you get free, they will suddenly see it and go, There ain't no way that happened. That should not have happened. There ain't no way they came out of that pit. That should not have taken place. And then suddenly because of the transformation in you. 
oh, I wish you'd help me preach tonight. I just wrote this two hours ago. Because of the transformation in you, it will cause the domino spirit effect. People around you will start changing. Now let's give God a real praise offering because he's bigger than that. But what I've learned about God, if you'll trust me for just a moment, what I've learned about God is he loves to go deep. Deep calleth unto deep, the Bible says. And so are the waves of the waterfall, the roar. And what you've got to understand is God says, I'm calling some things out of you. We've seen over the last two nights prophetic words flowing. We've seen God do crazy things over the last two nights. People that aren't can no longer ever again get comfortable. That's not going to be a part of you. You're going to feel like your pants are on fire because he's stirring some things. And what I love about God is he will always take what no one else sees. He will Reach down and pull it out of the void. He did it in Genesis chapter 1, verse 6. It says, he looked across the great expanse of the earth and there was nothing there. And it says, he reached into the depths of the earth and pulled the ground up that this church is sitting on. He loves to blow the minds of everybody. He loves to reach where there's a void, where there's an abyss, where there couldn't be possibly anything created there. He reaches down and he's God. And when he gets done pulling you out, when he gets done taking you out of the womb, nobody can see you're in that womb. In fact, in fact, a lot of people don't even think you're alive in that womb till you take your first breath. But he's been knitting you together. I'll go there in just a moment. What I'm trying to preach to you about tonight is the God of the dark times. The God who says, I knew you before you knew me. I loved you before you loved me. I'm reminded of what my little girl said to me recently. I was taking her to school and Abby's in the back seat and she said, Daddy, can I ask you something? I said, sure. She said, did you really love me before you ever came to get me? And God is screaming to you tonight, I loved you before you ever knew I was coming to get you. And there are people in this room that you're really good at raising your hands and you're really good at looking holy and you're really looking like you got it all together. But God says, I am calling people to get free. I'm calling you to come up out of the pit. Follow me for just a second. I'm reminded of the, the, the Chilean miners. You've seen this take place last week. The world was absolutely captivated by this. One billion people watched on what took place. It began on August the 5th. A half a mile below ground in San Jose, Chile, in a copper and gold mine, it collapsed, entombing some 33 men. How many of you saw the story? All of a sudden, in fact, for 17 days, nobody knew if they were alive. They couldn't get to them. The miners said that they began to literally get to a place where they said, when the weakest one dies... He's the one we're going to have to eat. They said they fought for a few days and something got on them and they began to pray. Presumed to be dead. Finally, they poked through from the upper ground. The engineers did with a little camera to see if they had found them. And when they pulled the camera back out, there was a note on the end of it that says, we're all still alive. It's a miraculous tale of survival that went throughout the world. It was, it was, it was incredible. 
And on August 22nd, they announced they were alive. And on August 24th, they began to lower medicine and liquid to the miners. Yet they still believed it would take at least four to six months just to get them out from a half a mile below the earth. And I'm reminded on the night that they began to wrap this up, last Tuesday, October the 12th, I'm watching it on TV and I'm turning all the news channels. I'm a news junkie. And I'm every channel I went to, it was about the miners. And I'm going, I said to Karen, I said, okay, we get it. You're rescuing them. Cool. Let's watch the news. And Karen, my wife looks at me and says, this is a big deal. She said, what if you were one of the little boys? And I instantly felt terrible. I said, you're right. She said, what if you're one of the little girls waiting for daddy to come out? And I watched as the world was watching as NASA had built a capsule called the Phoenix because the Phoenix is the mythical bird that rises from the ashes. And I watched as they lowered that capsule down into the earth. And they waited. They said it would take 20 minutes to drag this, these men one at a time up through the earth. And they got a lot better at it over a period of time. And this capsule, this tiny capsule where, where they had fed them liquids so their stomach would, would not give way on the ride up. And I watched and I watched and I was watching. It had been 70 days of pure hell for these men. Then God began to speak to me as I was watching this. And he said, son, there's so many trapped in the pit of despair of life. Like the miners, they're waiting. That's what he says to me, sitting in my living room. I want to rescue them. I said, I'll help you. Look what it says in, in, in Isaiah 61, verse 1. He, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and a release from darkness for the prisoners. It reminds me of the little girl that walked up to me in Salt Lake City and said, pray for me. My dad does things to me in the name of religion. The girl in Venezuela that showed me her cut arms and she was a cutter and in Spanish I, I, the interpreter told her why are you cutting yourself when he was already cut for you standing in New Zealand thousands of students and I'm seeing the arms that are cut and I'm saying I stopped and I leaned down on the stage there in New Zealand and at encounter conference and I said well, why are you cutting yourself I've seen it I've seen it a pit a pit of despair I know how to recognize it because I know what it's like to walk into my house as a young man and my mother a preacher's wife uh, my mother anointed woman but because she had had breakdowns and, and I caught her trying to commit suicide when I was 12 I would come home at times and she would be sitting in her pajamas for several days in the dark because despair are you following me so tonight my goal is to explain to you that you have a reputation to keep up in other words hell has heard about you that's why you've been in a fight and just like I said last night, if you're going through some pain, it's a pretty cool thing because God trusts you with the pain. He only lets those he loves get in the storm with him, get in the boat with him. And what I'm talking about, those that he trusts rather, and what I'm talking about, I want you to understand there's help on the way. God sent me to tell you we're coming out of this thing. God sent me to tell somebody in this room, we will rise up with power and authority and your hands will poke through the dirt again. And you'll begin to feel the wind of God blowing over you and you're going to pull yourself. Somebody praise him. And if you've ever felt like you were dangling, 
and just waiting for the sky to fall. I did a poll a couple weeks ago in Phoenix where I was preaching and about God being our judge. And I, it's hundreds of people. And I said, how many of you men honestly are afraid right now? Every man in the house, hundreds raised their hands. And tonight as I move into this word, I want you to watch this because I brought my rope with me. And I brought my helmet with me. And by the end of this service, we're going to rescue somebody. Somebody's coming out of your pit, just like the miners. And tonight, watch this video. Bring the house lights completely down for me and watch this video. Chile, where 33 men, 33 miners, trapped half a mile underground for 69 days, are awaiting rescue tonight. Chile is now turning to NASA to come up with ways to help the miners survive their extended time in the cramped quarter. Millions upon millions of people have taken the rescued miners into their heart. The vehicle for their rescue, a capsule that's about six feet, four inches tall, only 22 inches wide. This may actually be the first successful of hopefully 33 rescues. tonight God began to speak to my spirit and he said son I want you to share a word it's not what you plan to share after enjoying my time with pastor and pastor Bruce this morning I, I shot back to 
my hotel room and never even took off those old basketball clothes. Just sat down at the computer and began to type. No desire. I would have actually have taken a nap. I wanted to take a nap to get ready for tonight. But God said no. No. So would you write this down as I preach buried alive and waiting to be rescued. What I learned from watching the Chilean miners. I I must tell you. Number one, write this down. The collapse of your cave. In a generation where 34% have grown up absent their biological father. That's why Brother David doesn't know how much I love him uh, to the extent because of I know how he has a rescue heart. Am I right, Brandon? I know how he rescues. But I've seen the collapse of the cave across America. I've seen a generation in pain. One out of ten cut themselves last year or in the last two years. Uh, the statistics are in a million of young ladies that have eating disorders. Every minute of every hour of every day, a child is born to a teenage mother. I can tell you I've seen the collapse of our nation, the collapse of the cave. I, I, I've seen it when 34% have grown up absent a biological father. I can tell you that in the next ten years, only 4% of a generation will even believe in absence absolute truth but i'm reminded what the bible says in psalms 127 verse 1 unless the lord unless he builds it unless he builds the house it's builders labor in vain and unless the lord watches over the city the watchmen stand guard in in vain and and it seems like never before the family is under an all-out attack in a time right now in our nation where unemployment is at 10 percent there are parts of birmingham where i live where literally it is at 70 percent i've never seen an attack like Our homes are under attack. It seems the place of refuge and rest is, is, it's, it's not. It's being destroyed by the enemy. Can I tell you that in the last two years, suicide has gone up for the first time in 10 years. Divorce rate has gone up for the first time in 10 years. There's an all out attack as the enemy is doing everything he can to destroy the family. I've seen the collapse of the cave of the church. What do I mean by that? Churches are splitting down the middle as people are fighting over pews and steeples. They're arguing about what group is in charge and what committee and they've forgotten that uh, and he gave some to be pastors. He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. There's this thing going on right now where we've secularized the church where pastors just preach but about everything else just shut up. In Birmingham alone where I live, 70% of the people sleep in on Sunday morning because they're just done with it. I heard it over and over as a pastor. Church sucks. That's why we begin to love the city. See, you got to go where, you got to know where I'm going. I'm, I, you got to get this because I, I, I've got to, I've got to throw the, the rope tonight and I've got to see if there's anybody in the pit that needs to be pulled out. I've got, I've got to do this because, believe with all my heart that the enemy is doing everything he can to destroy. Are you awake tonight? I could tell you stories after stories after stories of camps. I can tell you about the young men that I've met across this nation. 
have laid and wept in my arms. But doesn't it seem like we're being buried alive? Doesn't it seem like when you turn the news on, it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper? We know that that our nation is at a $13 trillion debt right now as we bail out everybody and own all the car lots and all the car dealers and all the banks. and, and, And we're going, okay, but what about us? But I have learned that there are times when you have to cry out to God. I have learned where there comes a moment where you, look what it says in Psalms 22 verse 2. Now follow me because I'm going somewhere and I'm going to hurry, but I want you to get, oh my God, I cry out by day. But you do not answer by night and, and am not silent. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them, oh God. They cried to you and you and were saved. In you they trusted and they were not disappointed. I love the first line. Oh God, I cry out. It's Psalms 130 verse 1. It says this. From the depths of despair, oh Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry. Oh Lord, it's pay attention to my prayer. It's Karen and I running around the track yesterday when God told us, go back to China. You got another little girl waiting on you there. We're going to name her Ava, by the way. And, and, and Karen said to me, she said, she said, but she said, Pat, I just need a sign. I need to know. It says, we're 41 years old, Pat. Do we need to be doing this again? And, 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 and both of us began to feel the presence of God as we're jogging around that track because we were hearing the cries. And on the phone today, she said, I think I'm starting to hear the cry again. That we heard of my little girl. Look what it says in Proverbs 13 verse 12. Hope deferred though. Now listen to me. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But but a longing fulfilled. Now that's a tree of life. God wants to fulfill some longings in this room. Oh, you're not getting this yet. I wish you would get a hold of this. God is saying, I'm trying to do something for you that blows your mind. Do you understand number two? Write this down. I hope you take notes because paper doesn't forget and it takes a little paper to start a fire and, and none of you got that good of memories, but, but, but I, I, I want you to write down number two and number two is God is always in the dark places with you. Can I read a scripture that changed my life when my sister died? It's Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10. You know, all right, I got this scripture. Jeannie Mayo gave it to me on the phone. She said, son, I need you to read this. Who among you fears the Lord obeys, obeys the word of, of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. It's for everybody that, that is walking in a place where you can't see. You're trying to shine the light and you're like, I, I can't see. I found it's in the dark places that God is the brightest. It was in the dark place that as I stood over my sister's casket that I was able to shout and dance because four weeks before she had given her heart to Christ. And I get to dance with her in heaven. It's my little girl sleeping in in a bed with three other babies in Nanchang, China. And when we got her, she couldn't even hold her head up. And you know what she said to me one day? She was eight months, almost nine. Well, she was nine months old. God, she said, I just want you to know, I knew you were coming. (laughs) I wonder if an angel whispered into the ears in Chinese to that little gift. Mommy and daddy will be here. 
very dark place, a place with lead paint, a place where they did not have running water, a place where they ate a teaspoon of kanji a day, which is rice mixed with corn, and a, a place that was that was horrible. It amazes me in the dark times. It amazes me. Even those who should stand with you, sometimes they don't in the dark times. You'll learn that. You'll really find out who's in your posse when you're going through a dark time. Look what it says in Psalms 42, verse 3. Day and night I have, I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is that God of yours? It amazes me how we always ignore God in the good times and we we blame him in the bad times. That amazes me. I, I was watching as those miners spoke of fights that broke out and plans to eat the first miner that died. And, and then it says they began to pray together. Do you understand that the plan of God for your life was already ordained? He's already put some things together. And anything God cre- uh, cre- anything created for greatness started out as an idea. You were an idea to God. It hit him before your mom and dad ever got together, before your parents or biological people got together. And what you have to understand, he already had a plan for you. You're not here by, you're not an oops, you're not an accident, you're not something that just popped out of thin air. You're not made from an ape and you're not made for some atom bomb or some little fusion that took place in the ground. You have a helic DNA, you have a ladder inside of you that no one else has your dna has your settings in it you have a thumbprint that nobody else has and he came to he told me to come and tell you that he had plans for you tonight and he even knows your potential far outshine the present abilities you have but he says if you'll stick with me in other words god took a chance on you in other words god played poker with you he thought you know what i bet i can raise them up to be something great yet it is in the melting pot of life that the ingredients get removed at times the get, the recipe kind of gets messed up you started out your first cry out of your mama's belly was a cry not to doctor letting him know that you were okay it was a cry to god saying thank you for raising me up but see something has happened to you there's some things that got in your way some things that have tried to stop you and and god was so excited about your birth that he even kept you secret in the dark place look what it says in psalms 139 verse 11 if i say surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me even the darkness will not be dark to you the night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you father for you created me hey 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 i love this you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i'm fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that full well my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, in the pit. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. God says, I've got days written out about you. I've got plans. My days were ordained. The script, the movie has already been written. He's just waiting on you to direct it. He's waiting on you to produce it and figure out what actors are in it. Somebody give my God a prayer. See, God never planned for you to fall. And there is a war to stop your future. Why? Number three, the enemy wants you to remain in darkness. God has dreamed dreams for you. He's got plans for you. We know all that. He wrote a script for success. Then life exposed you to the insecurity of life. Colossians 1 verse 13 he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He said I brought you out of darkness into my son's love He said, you don't even realize what I put inside of you, you bunch of dirt. 
You're just made from dirt. Next time you look down on somebody, even though Romans 15 verse 7 says, except one another just as Christ accepts you in order to bring praise to God, you need to look underneath your fingernails. There might be a little dirt underneath there because that's what you're made from. But look what the Bible says about this dirt, this jar of clay over in 2 Corinthians. God already told me this. He said, Pat, you need to realize, but we have this treasure, this anointing, this power, this authority, this freedom in a jar of clay to show that and we're from Alabama, so we get clay, don't we? We know what clay is all about. We're, we know what we are. We're just hardened on the outside and soft on the inside. We're a bunch of Alabamians. Watch, watch, watch. It says, in this jar of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I am not abandoned. I may get struck down, but I will not be destroyed. Somebody give God a praise offer. That's not just a worship song. And even in your darkness, God knows you. He knew what he was doing when he created you and he knows where you're at when you're standing in your pit. And so many times it's so hard to see past your situation. And for so many, for so many, the pit that was dug by you was simply dug by your disobedience. And most of the pits in my life for Pat started out as me not willing to take him up on his plans. I was praying today, God spoke to me. There's four pits in this city, four potholes that are now becoming pits that are like the cave in which the miners were trapped in this city. And the first one in this, in this city that I must tell you about the number, four pits that so many have fallen into. The, the first one is the pit of fear and worry. Look what it says in Psalms chapter 88. From my youth, I've been afflicted and close to death. I've suffered your terrors, and I am in despair. Somebody's pit in this room is is the pit of fear and worry. I know what Jesus told me. I know, I know this, I know this. And see, this is a big one with me because I have had nightmares for years. Anytime I get ready to go do something for God, I have nightmares that something's going to happen to my family. I have nightmares I'm going to die in a plane crash. And that's not good because I fly about 200,000 miles a year. So that's not a good thing to happen. And the enemy loves to attack me with fear. I grew up in a fearful house. If I walked outside to ride my bike, my mother would almost break out in tongues. It was fear controlling our home. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. He said, if I seek his kingdom, if I just go after his kingdom and righteousness, that means you do the right thing. All the other stuff's going to be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I have seen this like I have never seen it before his 401ks are shrinking and his jobs are disappearing I have seen this and we know how we all know how controlling fear is 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says for God did not give me a spirit of timidity or panic that is the word panic it's named after the Greek God when it was written it was he was talking about the little Greek mythical God called Pan who was a tiny little God but ran around the village screaming and he caused even though he was little he brought 
confusion and everyone ran for fear. So God did not give me a spirit of pan or panic, but of dunamis, but of dynamite, but of the love of God. I found out when I'm living in fear and worry, I don't show anybody love. It's impossible. And then I've also found out that I don't have a sound mind. For God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you received the spirit of sonship that you might cry out, Abba, Father, means Daddy Jesus. Reminds me of the first time I held my daughter in the orphanage, the government building. She had traveled four hours by train with the orphanage director, Mr. Wrong. When he handed her to me, this little eight-month-old sweetheart looks up and rubs my face and says, Baba. And the interpreter began to weep. And he says, she said, she just called you daddy. I've been doing this for 20 years and never seen that happen. And so now she gets whatever she wants. You know what I'm saying? I mean, anything, whatever. That's what I told you last night. She's going to be a nun. I want none of y'all coming over. What's the number two pit I've seen in this city? It's a big one. I need to warn you because I see it. I see it. And religion is a great mask for it. Religion almost helps you get righteous over it. It helps you never deal with it because if you're religious, you just can kind of just kind of do your thing. If you're religious, you can cover it up. You can do, you can almost wear it as a badge. It's the it's the pit of offense. Proverbs eighteen nineteen: Offended brother is harder and more yielding than a fortified city. I I, I love what it says and. Galatians chapter 5 verse 7. It says, you know what? You were doing really good. You were running a race. You had bought into this thing. And then all of a sudden, who cut in on you? Who kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from from the one who calls you. God says, somebody cut in on you. A fortified city is what you have become. You're harder to win than a fortified, an unyielding city, Proverbs 18, 19. That's what an offended brother is. And what you've got to understand is what happens when you get offended. You begin to waste away at the point you got hurt. You throw out purpose for possession. You, you, you develop walls that keep out, people out, hurt in and God at a distance. You begin to live your life when you've been offended, looking through a magnifying glass and not a telescope. Your value system belongs to your past experiences because you don't have anything new. It is said that 85% of all leaders have deep hurts. Matthew 5 verse 23 through 24 tells me that if I'm offended against somebody to go to the altar, Proverbs 17 verse 9, you cover an offense, it promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates a friend. When you get hurt, it doesn't affect you. Just you, mom and dad, grandparent. When, you, when you're mad at a church, mad at a pastor who ran out on you, mad on this, mad about something, you, you're upset. You're still living in a divorce that took place 20 years ago. It doesn't just affect you. It affects your family. Why? Because they live in the pit with you and they never see the real you. They, they live in fear of being blamed for your own personal pain. They, they, they have to constantly make you feel better because you're a narcissist. And you, you, you know, tell me I'm great because I'm offended right now. And, and, and they take on your offenses. I have found that if I'm mad at somebody, my son gets mad at him. 
You call it sticking together as a family. I call it poisoning your children. They never get to see God's original plan for you. I think of Moses. Everybody thinks Moses got kept out of the promised land because he struck the rock. That was the end result of a process. Moses and his wife Zipporah tried to kill each other. There was so much going on in Moses' life. Maybe it's because mom left him in a river one day with some alligators. Maybe it's because at 40 years old he gets offended at the fact he doesn't really fit in. He looks like them. He dresses like them. Uh, he acts like them rather, but he doesn't look like them. Oh, no, this is the big one i got to warn you about. Please, please understand. Uh, I, I need to warn you about this one. Because uh, this, is, this, is, this, is this is a big one right here, okay? I need to warn you because this is a, it's huge in ministry right now. The, the pit, and it's in this city, the pit of lost integrity. See, the Bible says where there is no vision of people will perish, but happy is the he that keepeth the law. We, we understand that scripture, but we don't realize that, that the, the word law there means the precepts that God ordained for your future. That's what it means in the Hebrew. In Isaiah 29, verse 15, Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord. I love this scripture. Because I always got caught, so I want everybody else to get caught. Amen. How many of you love it? If you got a spanking, you love it when your brother and sister got a spanking. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I go first so I can watch them. Dad would say, who's first? I'd jump up there. I'd say, beat me. Go ahead. i get tore up and then i stand back. I'd be, I'd be burning, but I'd be like, kill him, Dad. See, God didn't let me get away with anything because he had plans. He had plans for me. For everybody in here that got caught at everything you ever did, doesn't mean you're stupid. It means you're anointed. Who do their work in darkness and think? Who sees us? Who will know? You turn things upside down as if the potter, I love this, were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to him who formed it? He did not make me. Can the pot say of the potter? He knows nothing. God says, I am tired of people not having integrity. The Bible said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. The day of wandering around, you watch anything and come in here. And with the same mouth you shout, the same mouth you talk trash. With the same ears you listen to the word, it's the same ear you listen to somebody damn God in a movie and it not even bother you. And God is saying, I'm calling on the church to rise up with holiness and integrity. I'm looking for people. I'm separating the wheat from the chaff. I'm beginning to pour my spirit out. Somebody praise him for real. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you can't drink the cup. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. It goes on to say everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. It goes on to say that everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. God says, I'm trying to get you to notice this. Job 31 verse 6, let me be weighed on the honest scales that God may know my integrity. Psalms 41 verse 12, in my integrity, my integrity, I love this, in my integrity, my integrity is my rope. You hold me up with the integrity of my life. It's what keeps me when I'm slipping around and have no ground to walk on. It's my integrity. It's, it's character. I love what Helen Keller said. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition, inspired, and success achieved. Oh, what are you talking about? It's James chapter 1 verse 15. When desire has conceived, it gives birth. Your family's going to become you, Dad. 
found out the other day that they caught a young man looking at pornography. I know who his father was. His father used to be in ministry, but his dad decided he'd like to wander just a little bit. And they wanted to kill that boy. Caught him looking at pornography. I said to my son, I said, because Nate's the one that was telling me about it. I said, do they not understand? Dad brought that in the house. That's not judgmental. That's truth. Every men's conference I do in America, the men will tell me that have thought life problems and wars and battles with their minds that they either got it from their daddy or their next door neighbor. Somebody didn't guard the house. It's Psalms 51. I love it. For those of you that are ready to get free, look at the Message Bible, one of my favorite. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. There's that word sustain in my integrity. That's a willing spirit. He sustains me. Somebody give God a praise offering. And I've got to close. Got to hurry. We got to get some people out of the pit. This is number four. It's the it's the pit of depression and despair. Oh, it'll come in like a like a cloud. Webster defines. And despair is to lose all hope and get to the place where you don't even think you can reach the shore safely. That's what it means. To be overcome by a sense of futility, which is helplessness, or, or even by defeat, to get to that place where complete loss of hope. Look what the word despair means in the the word of God in Greek exa paramoa it means to be utterly lost <laughs> to be utterly destitute of measures or resources to renounce all hope and this is the fourth spirit the fourth pit that is over this city that God told me to come preach to you about he said there's despair on faces despair and depression what causes it when we feel as though we don't matter it's a spirit on a generation right now when we feel like we can't accomplish anything despair comes in when everything you're doing seems to get messed up when people say or do things that take away from your worth and value when you see to be the only one working towards the goal when your dream seems impossible when it seems like everything bad that could happen to you usually happens to you you are a walking mistake you're Murphy's Law if it can go bad it'll go bad for me you walk in fear of where you're going and when your expectations of life do not meet up to your present circumstances despair comes in have you ever felt this way? look at Solomon The wisest man that ever lived, the richest man that ever lived, look what he wrote in Ecclesiastes, talking about his job. So I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me, all of it meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I I must leave them to the one who comes after me. I mean, Solomon is sitting there and he's walking through a a very intense time. Can I tell you it's time to get our hope back? Look what it says in Romans 5, 5. And hope does not disappoint me. Because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. Are you getting this tonight? I'm about to close. Give Him a praise offering across this house.
Can I ask you something? When did he quit keeping his promises? When did he suddenly walk out on you? When did he stop? Look at Psalm 25 verse 3. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. There it is again. Sustain me with your knowledge. Sustain me with your wisdom. Sustain me with my integrity. Is basically what he's saying. O Lord, teach me your path. You start walking on God's path, you'll be amazed who won't be walking with you. You start walking on God's path. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. You'll be amazed who can no longer walk with you. When you walk on God's path, it is narrow and it's wide. It's deep and it's high. It's got valleys and it's got mountains. I've learned about God's path. It's an excellent adventure. I've learned that when I'm walking with God, it gets crazy. He blows my mind every day. I wish somebody would get excited because I want to walk on God. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth, not lies. So lie to me. No, no, no. In your truth, teach me, Lord, for you are God my Savior. My hope will be in you, not in the morning, not just at night, not at lunchtime, but all day long, 24-7. I'm going to put my faith and my hope in him because he is a God of promises. He is a God of miracles. Look what it says in Psalms 119. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. What do you mean? I know that he's given us promises. One of the promises is that you will go through tough times. Look what it says in James chapter 1 verse 12. It says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. When he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. You're not getting this just yet because some of you don't realize God's saying it's time to shake it off. It's time to shake off what's been holding you back. Your kids are afraid to talk to you at night because they don't want to get their heads bit off. Your husband's afraid to wrap his arms around you because you might go cold real quick on him and god is saying i'm looking for families that'll rise up that know how to kiss each other that know how to hug and know how to lay hands on each other god says i'm looking for people that know how to shout and dance and praise when's the last time you shook it off i'm reminded reminded of this old horse he fell in a well it's a deep well He stepped right into it and the well had been abandoned and the farmer looked for him all day. And finally he could hear him at the bottom of the well and he knew there was no way to get him out. It was just him. And so one at a time he went and got a shovel and began to throw dirt on that old horse. He could hear it down there but he couldn't see it. It was in the dark. But as that dirt would fall on that old horse, he'd shake himself and stomp his feet. He decided to throw dirt on him and just turn it, just bury him. All day the farmer kept throwing dirt on him. Till eventually as he got, he looked up and he saw something. He looked down. He had been working so hard he hadn't noticed that that old horse, every time they'd throw dirt on him, he'd shake it off and stomp on it until eventually he made his way to the top. You ain't getting this yet. Do you know that God knows how to rescue you? Do you understand that he went into the pit for you and I? He would not be God if he had not faced depression, despair, discouragement. And to the point that his nerves were shot, that he began to sweat blood.
Look what it says in Ephesians. That's why the scripture says, I read it to you last night. When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This means that Christ first came down to the lower earthly regions. He gave up wrapped in divinity to take on humanity for me and you. He's not running out of mercy. In fact, he walked into hell for you and I. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, but God is so rich in his mercy and he he loved us so very much that even while we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's special favor that you have been saved. I'm done. He told me to preach this tonight. Can I ask you a question? Who's waiting on you to get free? Somebody's waiting on you. My favorite story of this whole thing, I, I kind of like the fact that the two men that had mistresses, their mistresses met their real wives at prayer meetings and they kind of got exposed. <laughs> that was neat to watch happen at the, the Chilean miners. Because you're going to get caught. But my favorite story was the story of a little boy, seven years old. Bring the lights down. Who begged the authorities. When my daddy comes out of this. He needs to see his boy. As I get ready to close. And the band's getting in place. Would you watch this? Would you watch this? Last video real quick. told him he couldn't see his dad. He begged, he begged, he begged. Let me see my daddy. My daddy needs to see me when I come out. Let's see if that door's going to swing open. Daddy? There he is. Look at that. There we go. Wearing those sunglasses to protect his eyes.
2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. All of us have had our had that veil removed and so that we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him so that I can reflect His glory. Romans 8 verse 20, For though creation has been subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope, the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. I don't know if you're down there. Are you down there? Because you came out of the pit for me. today to write this sermon. I was going back to take a nap. He told me there's people in here. He said, son, they're in here and for many the light went out and it's getting lighter and to be like my family my sister my mom my grandmother the darkness of the caverns there's people here Jesus that you oh hey give him the give him the end let's pull him come on grab hold grab hold man cause she's She's waiting on you to get free. Okay, let go, let go. You're safe. Just turn around and face that way. Face, face the other way. Oh, there you are. Every time you start to get free. Look at this room. Jesus, they're all over the place. Those that have been hiding in the dark, but we just turned the light on, didn't we? Those that felt like quitting, like, Jesus, you're with me, right? Because I'm not in this thing alone. Because you've called me to pull them out of the dark place. Come on, Josh. Tell me to come get you out of the pit, Josh. Come get you out, Josh. 
Okay, you're safe. You're safe. You gotta go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I gotta go get somebody else. Just. He called me to pull them out of the miry clay. It's gonna be a bride, bright, sunshiny day. Is there anybody in this room that's been battling with depression? In that pit called depression. And you can't even tell. My wife battled it for years. I didn't know it. And it wasn't until she was speaking in a ladies conference. She began to share the pain. that She didn't feel like she could tell anybody. And, and now God uses her to minister to pull women out of that. But but is there anybody. Would you raise your hand. I can't see you in the darkness. If you, you say Pat I've been battling some things. Raise your hand right now. Come on. How many of you can say there's an all out attack on the cave. Raise your hand. All over the house, stand to your feet. Oh my goodness. In the darkness, they stand to their feet. In the darkness. He's called me to bring them out of the miry clay. I got this. I got it. I got it. You're all right. Come on. Grab hold. Come on. Don't let go. Okay. Okay. Let go. I got to get somebody else. For he has called me. Anybody battle with fear in here? To bring them out of the miry clay. It's going to be a bright, bright, Jesus filled day. God told me to preach this today. I can think of three times in my life when I wrote a message the same day and preached it. Within two hours. And all three times it was supernatural outpourings. He told me today, get in that hotel room and write this word. Turn on the lights. Turn on the lights. Turn on the lights in the house. Oh, it's going to be a bright, bright. Jesus, you can just go hand that to people if you need to. Go rescue somebody. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. He came out of the pit for you and I. Go get him, Jesus. begin to cry out to God across this house. Oh, He's called me. Pastor. He's called me. 
We'll pull them out. You're the head foreman. You know who's supposed to be up here. Oh, and he's called me to bring them out of the miry clay. I wish somebody, if you need to be rescued, he's called me to bring them out of the miry clay. Yes, he's called me. Now in the spirit, I'm going to throw you a rope. Because God always throws a rope. He doesn't throw rocks, he throws ropes. With your hand raised right now. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do something I've never done before in a service. And I preached about 10,000 services. But God told me to just lean back. And I'm going to throw a rope to each section. And when I do... If you need God to have an encounter with you tonight, if you need to be pulled out of something that's been on you, and it may be an integrity thing, and you feel so dirty, don't feel dirty. Because He already went to the depths of hell for you. He became the ultimate sinner for you. You say, you know what, I need God to pull me out of some junk. When I throw the rope on this side right here, if you need it, I just want you to do this. And I'm going to pull you in. You ready? I know it sounds weird. I've never done it before, but he's doing what he told me. I've never preached this, okay? You ready? Here comes the rope. Reach your hand up high. you got to catch it. If you just grab it, you just shut, it. shut your hand and grab it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do right now. Hold your hand up in this section right here. God, God there, there's people in here that God uses mightily. You're so anointed. Sometimes we get tired too. Paul came to a point of... 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. He, he said, I want to die. That's what he said. I was in Asia and I despaired of life. So hold your hand up. I'm here to rescue the rescuers in this section right here. The ones that always rest, all the ones that always take all the junk and ready? Hold your hand straight out. When I throw the rope, I want you to grab it. I'm, I'm not being weird. I'm doing what God tells me to do. You ready? There it is. Grab hold. Now in Jesus' name, make your way to the front. Come on, we're gonna pull you. Help me pull, Jake. Come on. We don't leave anybody behind. Call me. He's called me to pull him out. He's called me to pull them out of the
gonna be a bride. It's gonna be a bride. It's gonna be a bride. Sunshine day. Hold on. Stretch your hand out. I'm doing something I've never done before. It's the weirdest thing I've ever done, but he's doing what the Holy Ghost told me to do. Keep your head up. I need, I need your help. When Karen wanted another child and we couldn't, God said, in your despair, you must rescue. So I'm going to hand you the rope. There's the rope, the spirit. God is always a lifeline. Turn around and face this group right here. Take the rope. Put your hand out. He's going to throw it to you. He's going to pull you in. Because you know God can use you when you've been in the pit and you can pull somebody else out. Put your hand out. Here it comes. All over the room. That may be somebody else. You ready? you got to rear back and throw it because they're deep. Some of them are really deep. Ready? Do it. It's gonna be a bride. They had been in the pitch. They rode up, but they wouldn't leave and go home till everybody got out. You ready? There's leaders over here. There's mamas. There's grandmamas that are tired because you're carrying everybody. Leaders, stretch your hand out. Look at me, leaders. I need you to throw it for real this time because see, some of them are heavy. Not from weight, but from the weight of the world because they're carrying so many heavy burdens. Now, hold on, because you're going to pull somebody out. And when they come out, their whole family is going to come out with them. OK, so it's going to I'm on get Nathan. Can you come here? Nathan, can you be our anchor. When you throw it, Nathan's going to help. OK, but hang on to it. Don't, don't, don't give all the rope away. Hand out. Do it hard. Grab it. Help me pull them in. Oh, he's called me. He's coming. Come on, mama. Bring him out of my clay. Come on, mama. Oh, it's gonna be a bride. Oh, it's gonna be a bright, sunshiny day. Oh, oh. Cause there is hope. It's coming to bring the All over this house, lift your hands. We're going to do four things. 
And God is already pulling people out. Some of you are going to have miracles because you're buried under debt. Some of you are buried under hurt. You're buried under depression, the secret cloud called depression. It cripples you. Some of you battle fear. I told you that's my thing. But all over the house, God wants to know your story. Because like the miner said, the devil fought for me. God fought me. Fought for me. But God won. So would you lift your hands all over the house? Would you pray this out loud tonight? Say it out loud tonight. tonight. Say tonight. tonight. In Jesus' name. I'm stepping into a new day. In Jesus' name. Father, tonight I will put my hope in you. Tonight. Fear and worry, you can't have me. I will sleep tonight. I will enjoy tomorrow. My family is safe. My future is safe. Devil, get in the pit where you belong. I'm coming. Oh, it's going to go to each level. Are you ready? Because he's called me. He's called me to bring them out of the miry clay. Oh, raise your hands. Raise your hands. Here goes second part. Now, you only love Jesus as much as you love your worst enemy. Offense is a poison that you drink yourself while you wait others wait on somebody else to die and you don't realize you're dying it's a rotting acid so all over the house say God I forgive them don't cause he's called me Here's number three. Raise your hands. Tonight. Raise your hands. Everybody say it loud. Tonight. Dig deep into my heart, God. And restore my integrity. I repent. I repent. Heal my mind. I will be honorable. I will guard what I see, hear, and say. My family deserves somebody clean. To bring me out of the miry clay. Here comes the big one. I need to warn you, Jake. We've got to sing this a couple times before we get to the next one. You ready? Because he's called me and you. And you. Ryan, you.
Heather you, Eddie you. To bring them out of the miry clay. Here comes the big one. Raise your hands. Tonight. Despair and depression. Get off me. I want you to shake yourself like that old horse did. I want you to stomp your feet for a second. Keep doing it for a second. Somebody say it out in Jesus' name. Say it in Jesus' name. We break the curse. We break that death spirit. In Jesus' name. I will live. I will live. Suicide. Can't have me. Darkness. Can't have me. Sorrow. Pain, you must flee away. For tonight, I'm coming up out of this thing. I'm going to live again. Come on, start pulling yourself out. Pull yourself up. Pull yourself please. Because he's called us. To climb up out of the I know it. Here comes the light. Here comes the light. Just like that shuttle. Just like that capsule. You're getting closer. Come on, you're getting closer. You're getting closer. You're getting whoa. There he's reached out and he's reached out. Here he comes. And he's good. Gonna be a bright. It's gonna be a bright. It's gonna be a bright. It's gonna be a bright. Sunshine. It's gonna be a bright, it's gonna be a bright, sunshine day. God's looking for somebody that overcame. He's pulling, yes, he's pulling out. Bring me out of the It's gonna be a bright, it's gonna be a bright, sunshiny day. Yes, yes, he is the light, and it's the the life of me.
Because you are my sunshine, Lord. You are my sunshine in my despair. And it's going to be, it's going to be a bright, it's going to be a bright, sunshiny day. Lift your hands up. See the sun. He's shining on you. He's shining on you right now. You feel that? There you are. I knew you were down there. He's saying, but I just want to shine on you. Let the sun shine on you. Oh, the darkness has to flee When His sun shines on you Oh, the darkness has to flee Your hands raised, say this last thing Father, I'm not going back Now Say, Father, now I'll be on this end of the rope pulling others out.